0: Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. Expecting the minimum, the minimum, the minimum. That's a formula I can live by. Don't
1: be an idiot. Get up and do better.
0: (laughs) Two imperfect pastors trying to figure (laughs) it out. All right, here we go. Don't be an idiot. Uh, it's pretty rare thing to find Caleb and I together in a summer and a week in July. So here mm-hmm. we are, ready to talk today about doing dangerous things carefully with your kids.
1: Yeah, yep. It's a great topic. Uh, there's a very popular uh, psychologist and author, uh, Jordan Peterson who has a pretty famous clip that's been going around uh, on Instagram, probably TikTok, I don't know. Uh, I just know Instagram, honestly, because of my wife. Uh, And uh, he's got a a clip we're going to play for you right now. You're gonna make your kids tough, which they better be if they're gonna survive in the world. You can't interfere when they're doing dangerous things
0: carefully. Think about it that specifically, dangerous things carefully. Yep. That's such a place where kids learn. That is the only place they learn. That's where everyone learns everything when you're doing. That's where everyone learns everything.
1: Yeah, it's a big statement. But what he's getting at is is that, that tension there of uh, something that's dangerous, but doing in the confines of safety, Uh, we're just, while saying that, that's one of the things we mentioned when we talked about camp, um, is it's a safe context where you're doing, honestly, what can be perceived as dangerous things. I Uh, mean, we're
0: ziplining, we're rock climbing, we're hanging out with multiple teenagers (laughs) at once, (laughs) dangerous, (laughs) uh,
1: both for them and for us. Right. Yeah. Uh, so this idea of doing dangerous things safely and, and encouraging and provoking your kids to do that and, and, and maybe even allowing uh, your kids because they have this natural tendency to want to do this, um, to explore so, the world, to explore the world. Yeah. yeah. So let's, uh, if you would give me an example, maybe of, of each side, something, let's start with the positive where you've allowed them to do something dangerous safely. And then maybe w- what's the line between doing something dangerous safely and then doing no, that's something great. dangerous that wasn't
0: safe. Uh, you know, we, we work hard at this. Uh, oh, well, one that I've actually got calls from other parents when they saw mm. my kids doing these things. So we live in a pretty small town that's a, a pretty small community. Mm-hmm. But one of the cool things, we have really everything we need. The school's close, mm-hmm. the grocery store, the bank, all of these things within our town, within yep. a small town where the speed limits are, are I mean, really slow. And so one of the things that I've done multiple times with my kids is that I send them about a half mile, three quarter mile away to go to the grocery store for me. Mm. Sometimes that's just to get them out of my hair. Sometimes they (laughs) wanted something. And so, but it does require them to cross Main Street, which can be pretty busy.
1: Yeah. It's uh, down by the grocery store. It's 30 miles an hour in town. It's 20.
0: Yeah. And and it's a concerning thing. I mean, I say it's concerning. I I never was really worried about it because I grew up in a similar town and I went Mm. to the grocery store. Now, my wife grew up in a large area in Kansas City where that was generally frowned upon, right? Mm. Um, But we got a call from a concerned friend, parent, who's like, hey, we just saw your kids. Just want to make sure you know where they're at. And they're like, "Yep, we know exactly where Mm. they're at. Uh, And they're doing dangerous things carefully after instruction and things like that from us. That's great.
1: That's That's a great example. Actually, I remember uh, when I got into probably middle school and I lived in the country, but went into town where my friends were and we had bikes, and going to the grocery store yeah. by ourselves. And I was like, oh, this is freedom.
0: This yes. is amazing. I can buy whatever candy i yes. want Oh, that's absolutely what we are doing. I'm in the doing. impulse aisle right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, you should ask me for one, but I'm going to give you another one because it just happened. Uh, we bought black cats for our kids, oh, the fireworks. Perfect. Yeah. And uh, I, I showed them how to light like them. This is the second or third year we've done it. Right. And I said, this year, this is the first year I've done it. I said, hey, No. Usually I say, "Do not pick them up and throw them." It's always been my instruction. Right, right. This year was no. If you pick them up, they're liable to blow up in your hands, and that's going <laughs> to hurt really bad. So Shauna, who's a little more just protective as a mom, moms She's are more not. protective than they're, us. They're moms. You know that they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, she looked at me and I was like, "We're just going to go inside and let you guys play with fireworks." And it wasn't two minutes later that Asher comes in, "Dad, come look at these! I'm throwing these as hard as I can in the yard. They're blowing up, and it's and <laughs> even to watch them do it was anxiety inducing for me that's so, so funny yeah so there's just another good one
1: it's totally, totally. off uh, we're not playing on this but at my 12th birthday party i had a bunch of friends over yeah. at night. and we lived down the country right so a, bu- a friend brought over a bunch of uh firecrackers and bottle rockets
0: oh it's a good time right there so, <laughs>
1: so this would be an example of don't be an idiot and doing things unsafely we were lighting bottle rockets and shooting them at each other
0: it seems as, like a blast. As one does. We did Roman candles that but, way. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's amazing. But I remember uh, I had lit a firecracker, and I was going to throw it at my friend who was coming, and he was still in like in his parents' van. They were pulling it. And 12-year-old Caleb actually had a thought in his head. Like, hey, if I throw this firecracker at this van, it might do damage to the van. <laughs> Let's
0: but do it I, anyway.
1: But I'd already lit it. <laughs> And so slow brain working there didn't like, it, I couldn't figure out what to do. So it blew up right in my hand.
0: We should have a segment of just when Caleb's slow brain got him in trouble. Oh, slow brain. <laughs> just
1: thinking like, so, so uh, partial credit. I had the thought like partial, this, this yeah. is a bad idea but i didn't think fast enough to throw the firecracker literally anywhere else yeah. <laughs> it's uh, oh my fingers were i'd uh, between my uh, yes yeah to be clear thumb. i
0: wouldn't give my kid like the quarter stick of dynamite to do that with <laughs> yes. yeah it's one that i know is not going to blow his hand <laughs> off so
1: okay so that's a, that's a great example the the going to the grocery store <laughs> fireworks in general you know uh but going to the grocery store in particular that's a great example of doing something uh that that has the appearance of danger there's some legitimate there's risk, risk there mm-hmm. but doing it in a safe way you, you small town you have people he that, knows
0: to look across the street he exactly. knows to break at stop signs
1: you've trained them yeah. what's an example of something that was a dangerous thing you're like it, you that's we can't do that that's we stopped not him safe. at yeah yeah specifically
0: asher yeah there's a great one um our home group at at the height of our home group when we have everyone there it's something like 12 adults and 20 kids like mm. it's insane it's a lot um, it's a lot of fun so in the nice months our kids are outside at Caleb's house and he has just a couple acres I don't know how long but he's got some trees on it and yep. the kids love to climb trees and one of those things they need to be doing is climbing trees absolutely uh, they tend to get really high in the trees which is great and it's great for all the moms and the dads are just smiling and you know telling them how to get down uh, but Asher runs inside uh, either Asher runs inside, or someone ran in for Asher. I don't remember, but uh, center, Asher, Asher came in. Asher comes inside, and he was like, "I need an umbrella." Like, to be abrupt. clear,
1: it's like sixty degrees and sunny this day.
0: Yeah, it's a nice day. We're in the middle of conversation, like good community conversations about what do you know the sermon that day, and we're all mm. like, "Okay, well," and someone other than me goes, "Why?" <laughs> and then he comes out. He goes, "Well, I want to climb in the tree and jump out." with the umbrella to float down (laughs) now you might be thinking like oh my gosh this kid is struggling right he's a a couple of crayons short of the full (laughs) box or whatever but think about any kids show or movie or cartoon (laughs) okay
1: yeah there was a pop well Well, mary poppins had had recently come out so he had watched it and a bunch of the other kids (laughs) had too what does mary poppins do
0: to be fair none of his friends who knew he was going to do it told him to stand, like, this is a great idea <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Best idea. go do this <laughs> this seems we like... stopped him clearly because if you're 15 20 feet up in a tree and jump out with an umbrella that's going to be a broken egg not going to work that's that's all it's going to be so you know for our credit and to you know that's my not wife's safe. preferences <laughs> we, we we stopped it we stopped it
1: <laughs> that that was an unsafe thing unsafe. So, so there is a line right uh, a, a line between dangerous things safely and, and something that uh, it, it should be stopped. Um, so for us pushing forward, uh, I've gotten a great, great example from my own childhood. For some reason, I've got a lot of don't be an idiot stories. Uh, so this one, I was, uh, I don't know, probably middle school and uh, at camp because that's where a lot of great stories happen. And me and a buddy, uh, they have a 40 foot tall climbing wall. Uh, by the way, um, what, what's it called when like, uh, uh, it's, it's been too long that you can't be prosecuted for this.
0: Oh, um, <laughs> like not age of accountability. That's not it. No, uh, but statute of limitations. Uh, yeah, yeah, statute Statue of limitations. limitations.
1: So I can now share this story. It has been long enough. I can no longer be held accountable or prosecuted for this crime.
0: Just uh, don't let him with your kid. No. <laughs> yeah.
1: So what, ha- what we decided to do, uh, again, don't be an idiot we decided to go out at night and climb, free climb, this 40 foot tall rock climbing wall. Uh, That was doing something dangerous, not safely though. Like if I fell, I would have legitimately died. Uh, I didn't, we survived, but uh, one of the scarier parts of my life was climbing back down that wall uh in pitch black darkness uh being like ah, this was this was too much
0: this was over the line because what happens if without adult supervision without the appropriate Mm. uh, safety measures what happens if you fall off that wall yeah i'm dead yeah this this isn't you know asher breaks his ankle out of the tree right he's alive yeah caleb's dead if he falls 35 40 feet off that wall yeah because i'm assuming you didn't stop 10 feet up
1: no, no, we climbed, I climbed all the way up. Yeah, yeah. I made it all the way up uh, and and back down was even worse. Uh, I still remember at one point, uh, one of the handholds I was grabbing
0: spun. Yeah, and, that's amazing. And I was like, <gasps> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's awful. So, yeah. I mean, this is, this is a hard conversation because mm-hmm. I think most people would agree with the things that we're saying. They would say, yeah, yeah, I want my kid to figure out. I want my kid to right. explore. I want my kid to, to do hard things to do dangerous mm-hmm. things safely. Like this is an idea that we can all get behind, but it seems like this isn't the norm. Right. What, why not? Well, you've heard the phrase helicopter parent, right? Mm-hmm. Recently, I've heard a bunch more of those <laughs> types of phrases. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a, I don't remember her name, but there's basically a podcast. Uh, Sissy Goff. Is heard? Does she do the free range parenting? Oh, I don't know um, that one, but well, Sissy Goff says this too. And it's talking about a bulldozer parent. Mm hmm. And, oh. and so the idea of a bulldozer parent is that they go ahead of their mm-hmm. child, removing any and every obstacle mm-hmm. they can to make their life well, easier. That, right. that's, and, and, and on the front end, like, I want my kid to have the easiest life possible is a dangerous trap to fall into. Why? Because I think when you take away the challenges, mm-hmm. the fears, the danger, the risk, you're not going to raise or your kid's not going to be what you really want them to be in the end of this, mm. right? Cause when we infect them with our nervousness and our anxiety, when we give them our fears, when we say, you know, if they're climbing the monkey bars or up to the tree and be like, Oh, come down from there right now. You could die. Mm-hmm. They weren't thinking that mm. now, Caleb, should they, you know, your kids were just at garden of the gods yep. climbing rocks. <laughs> Did you have a conversation with them before they climbed the rocks?
1: Yeah. I mean, so one of the things I say all the time to them when they're climbing, because my kids climb a lot, is three points of contact. Uh, a
0: really easy rule for a kid to remember. Yeah, they can remember. Yeah.
1: That, that, you know, you've got your two feet, two ha- two legs, two whatever. Yeah. you got to keep, keep three points of contact at all times. And, and, uh, and then there was a point where I told them, hey, that's high enough. They were <laughs> 15 20 feet up uh, on a rock wall. They were reaching <laughs> the limit. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, ah, guys, okay, that's good. You're, you're, you're good there. So I, I still put a cap on it, um, what they were doing. Talk to me more about what are, so you, that in that one in particular, heights, was a, a fear that I've seen parents pass along to their kids yeah absolutely what what are some other fears that maybe we as parents unintentionally pass along to our kids no
0: no that's great i think uh one that i get really worked up about is the fear of getting kidnapped (laughs) and we've had a lot of conversation about this like if you go outside by yourself someone's going to take you yes one uh just statistically speaking that's i'm not saying it doesn't happen and and i Mm -hmm. don't want to make light of any family who's lost a child because of this like that's right that, that's a legitimate fear that should be recognized. Fear mm-hmm. can be a good thing. But if all your kid hears from you is like, if you go outside without me, mm-hmm. you're going to get taken. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're in some of the lowest ever in human mm-hmm. history of yes. chances of your kid actually getting kidnapped, kidnapped. like yep. walking outside, especially in, I mean, I, I don't want to like relax in our community, but my kid didn't even make it a, a half mile to the grocery store without someone who knew <laughs> me calling me. You know what I mean? Uh, I think, I, I'm trying to think of others. You know, I've seen roughhousing. You know, sometimes, yeah. you know, parents are like, oh, you're going you're to be a fighter. Don't teach them to be physically aggressive. Uh, my kids and I roughhouse every night. I, uh, I think that's dangerous.
1: One of the uh, things I've loved, and all of our wives did a phenomenal job of, of stepping back and allowing this to happen. But when our kids were small, little, there was a time uh, after our, our small group got done meeting where we were taking the kids and throwing them back and forth in in a big uh, triangle, whatever, circle uh, amongst all the dads, like legitimately throwing the kids and they were having the best time of their life. Yeah. But you could see it in the mom's faces like, okay, don't drop them. Yeah. Don't let them die.
0: I I think it's a real fear because Mm. we're imperfect, right? Like there's a chance that I'm dropping Jude as you throw him to Mm -hmm. me. Uh, Another one that I see a lot, And and once again, I think they're not bad to have the fear because fear can be a good teacher. Uh, But swimming is one that I hear a lot about. Uh, And it was something that that Shauna and I had to go back and forth because I honestly was too lax with it. And she was probably too tight with it. Mm. Um, And specifically, you know, going to the lake where you can't see the bottom of the water. That's Mm -hmm. a pretty scary thing. Mm -hmm. So... If, but if, if we all, our kids here is like, hey, this is the most dangerous place. Don't go into it. Like, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be missing out on something that, one, is a life skill. One, could save their life if they know how to swim mm-hmm. they their competent And two, it's fun. You know what I mean? Uh, and so, now early on, before my kids really could swim on their own, I was in the water at all times with them. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. we went to the beach in Folly Beach and my kids wanted to swim in the beach or swim in the yeah. ocean, uh, Sean didn't relax. And that's okay. But, but where was I? I was out in the water with them right the whole time
1: that's uh my older two uh actually just so swimming is a is a great example uh where i have watched i was in the water i'm watching them now now i give them a lot of freedom The specifically the older two um my youngest one i'm still working with him Mm -hmm. uh this past week i I was working with him on swimming just a short distance from the from the edge of the pool back Uh, uh but he has to face his fear of of doing that and so he's doing something inherently dangerous swimming is inherently dangerous but we're training them in a safe context uh when they were climbing uh at in out in Colorado a a woman approached me and it wasn't a a negative conversation at all but she's like oh aren't you so scared for your kids and i i honestly thought about the question because i was like they're 15 feet up on a rock wall and and honestly they could have fallen and fallen a little bit further even uh but but i thought about it and i was like no and and, and i didn't give her this full answer but uh, the, the reason i wasn't honestly scared for them in that moment is because i've seen them do this
0: that's great that's repeatedly. really
1: good repeatedly this is not i, I the, the the way to overcome fear is to embrace it. it is to uh uh see it, and still move through it. In fact, I, I, I've heard this phrase, and you, and you sort of said it with fear is a good teacher. Uh, I've, I've heard it, and this was in the context of your mind, but I think it applies to fear. Fear is a great servant, yeah, but a bad master.
0: Oh, that's really good.
1: Meaning fear, that there's a really good genuine role for fear. It's God-given. It's God-given. Your body has a natural built-in fear response. Uh, we call it fight or flight. Mm-hmm but when you let that dominate you well in the bible the, uh, i have not verified this and looked this up 100% true but uh the most repeated command and it's all over the place geez. it's at least
0: a, it's repeated a lot it's repeated a lot yeah
1: is do not be afraid
0: that's it, so good yeah but why 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 are they saying this often because oftentimes it's in scary moments Mm -hmm. it's it's to joshua Mm -hmm. to be strong and courageous as you go take over it's you know Mm -hmm. to elijah it's it's whomever you know they're talking to it's in pretty scary moments that take courage so why is the commandment then don't fear
1: because i think fear stops us from reaching our potential and that's the exact thing we're talking about with our kids
0: yeah when you rescue your kids at every turn you're going to stunt them right Physically, mentally, emotionally, even maybe spiritually. Now that we're talking mm-hmm. about this, like if you're going to rescue and bulldoze every obstacle, of the way, I we could almost amend the statement a little bit. Like, let your kids do dangerous things safely with practice, as you're kind of saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this, like don't hear us saying that we're not. We're saying just release your kids into the wild to be feral. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. not what we're, we're like. We're saying like, man, be with them, teach them well. Uh, it's been said about you know guns in the house. We've had these kind of conversations before. The best safe in your house for kids and guns is teaching them how to be safe with guns. It's teaching them good gun safety. Mm. does it mean that we're not still locking our stuff up, things like that. That's. Right. It. But this idea is that all along the way we're teaching our kids. I, I think God's telling people not to be afraid, not because they're not going to be scared, because he realizes what the benefit is on the other side of the courage that they need in that moment. Mm. Like, Joshua, don't be strong mm. and courageous. Don't be afraid of what I'm calling you to do. One, because I'm going to be there with you fighting those battles spiritually. For
1: the Lord your God goes with you. For, because I'm with you. Because I'm with you,
0: yeah.
1: And that applies to our kids. And that's the whole, the, the whole point of, of childhood, of raising kids, is, is so that one day we're, unlike God, <laughs> yeah. we're not with them. And so mm-hmm. they're not fearful adults. And what I sadly see as I look around our society is a lot of adults who live in fear, who aren't capable, who aren't strong and courageous, who haven't uh, faced that daily fear, whether from bulldozing parents, helicopter parents. I heard another one, backhoe parents, <laughs> that that rescue their kids out of everything. Oh, they, they, they let them dig them self. out. Yeah. they dig them out. That's a great one. Uh, uh there's lots of fun ones, but uh, so w- what are I guess some of the ways, just as we think about this, that you've seen parents, uh, as youth pastor, you've, you've observed this, and, and as yeah. another pastor, I've observed quite a few ways that parents rescue their kids from things, from a dangerous situation. That was a safe situation.
0: That was a safe situation, yeah. I, I've seen them, like, what, you know, with teenagers being, they'll come to me you know, going to camp. This is a good example. Uh, and they're like, hey, uh, you said that my kid needs spending money. I'm sending them the 50 bucks, but I don't want them to hold it. I want need you to hold it. Because mm. what, what are they scared of? That the kid's going to mismanage their money. Every kid in the world is mismanaging their money in <laughs> <at> team <laughs> camp. Let's just be clear. But it's a great place yeah. with some risk that they're still going to be fed. <laughs> they're still going right. to be safe. They need everything. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there, There's a simple way. Um, we've, we've gone to... Th- I've had parents not let me take their kids things like paintballing or the swim day or mm. in, any of the dangerous situations. Uh, we were in Branson one time on our spring retreat and we were going down by the Branson strip and they have this, you've probably seen it, this big slingshot thing that shoots you up in the air and it spins you around and brings you back down. First year we went and we had, we had a boy and I was like, he really wanted to do it. I said, well, let's go Mm -hmm. do it. And he said, I gotta call my mom first. So, okay. Like you're doing something, you're spending money. Mm -hmm. But mom was like, no, you can't do that. Hmm. I, and I remember thinking, you know, and I'm sitting here, even like second guessing myself, like I I don't want to like say like this mom was a bad mom and like mm-hmm. you know, but there seemed to be miss a chance to do something that was kind of risky, that was kind of scary, that was going to be a lot of fun, that was going to maybe bring them out of this their shell a little bit. That was going to risk can be good.
1: That's that's great. It, It's it's not the worst thing, no. But you missed an opportunity, and as a parent, you only get so many of those.
0: Because like, when your kid struggles, they typically emerge. On the other side, strong. Typically, yeah, stronger for it. That doesn't mean you need to, to let them go through every struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I rescue my kid from learning how to start the mower every mm-hmm. time, he's never going to learn how to pull the string and start the mower.
1: Oh, one of the big things, uh, we have mentioned tree climbing and rock climbing a bunch, but one of my big things with my kids from the time they were two on, I won't get you down. I'll get up there with you and talk you down, but no, I good. won't... Take you off that wall or the tree or whatever else it is. You have to do it yourself.
0: Now you might be specifically positioned to catch them. <laughs> if
1: they yeah. Fall. Oh, and yeah. I've I've been there when they've been bawling their eyes out. Yeah. And oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. Screaming and crying and and b- my role as dad is not to to intervene. They're they're safe. They're not in danger. Yeah. And then the second they touch the ground, oh, I am cheering like crazy. Pick them I'm, up, run around the Oh yeah, we well. I'm celebrating them because they did something that was scary to them, and they overcame it. Uh, thinking, both of our wives are educators, mm-hmm. and I think something that I've observed so many parents when they didn't allow their kids to do a dangerous thing safely is deal with conflict. And oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. So many parents rescue their kids from learning to speak for themselves um whenever they've had any issue with a teacher an adult a coach the parent comes in and rescues them and i have already felt this at times (laughs) and my kids were in preschool uh first and second grade um you felt
0: that you wanted to go rescue them yes yeah
1: Yes, it's natural tendency. So, so I, I fully get it and I know it's gonna get worse. I, I'm we are not saying I am specifically not saying that I have this all figured out. No, that this is still a tendency in my heart, but that that's not equipping my kid. Um
0: I th- I think you have a story. Yeah, this year happened. Um Emma just to start okay, so in second grade Emma had a teacher that was very loving and cuddle, and Emma mm-hmm. just responds so well to that. Mm-hmm. You know, the hugs every day, the, <laughs> you know, the, the, the touches on the shoulder, the right. love and encouragement always. Uh, I, we loved Her name was Mrs. Schaefer. We loved Mrs. Schaefer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma's next teacher just wasn't Mrs. Schaefer. Mm-hmm. so it just wasn't the same kind of teacher. She took a little bit more laid backs, the wrong word, just a little bit more serious tone in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And, and that's okay. You know what I mean? I think every teacher is going to teach your kid something different. Emma hated her first two weeks of school every day she came home crying mm-hmm. and the desire was let's go rescue her from this class we mm-hmm. could probably get her moved out of class mm-hmm. but instead we, we encouraged Emma to go and talk yeah and you know what happened Emma goes and talks to the teacher the teacher then talks to Emma and then comes to us and says like how, how can we how can we work with this you know we, mm-hmm. you know Emma's a great student all of those things mm-hmm. worked with us the opposing side of that could be like don't worry Emma I got this Go mm. to the principal. Mm-hmm. Complained about this teacher. Got her moved from class. Yeah. Well, What did Emma learn then?
1: Th- that she's incapable.
0: Or she if I complain to problem. mom or dad, mm-hmm. then they backhoe parent for me. Yeah. They, they fix all they, my problems. They
1: dig it all out. And yeah, but then the, so that I, I would say she learns that first. But the second deeper lesson is that she then learns she's not capable yeah. of solving her own problems, uh, of figuring it out herself.
0: Did this happen at college to you? Because when I went to college... I didn't have the support of my parents mm. that I would even call average or normal for kids. Like, when I left, I was on, I was there. It was mm. me. I was on my own. It was really, you know. Um, I remember having or hearing my friends and their, their parents call my professors. <laughs> and, and I just remember thinking, like, I remember a professor standing in front of the class, like, if you have an issue, yeah, come to my office hours and let's right. have it. I have conversations with my professors all the time. That's funny. Yeah. And some of them said like, no, I'm not rescuing you out of that. Or some said, Mm -hmm. yeah, like we can work on here. But it taught me to go deal with my problems as an adult.
1: That's so funny. Uh, I I learned a a similar but very different lesson. Uh, Mine was. How could uh, it be similar and very different? (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) right. So mine was just, uh, I was homeschooled all the way through, right? So I had, uh, by the time I was ready to move out, I love my parents. I was ready to be separated. As you should life. be ready.
0: Yes. That's the your parents did a good job then. Yes. They so.
1: launched me. I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe so much my mom was a little hurt that I didn't want to come back. Like a yeah. uh, fall break.
0: She didn't realize how good of a job. She yeah, did. yeah. She's yeah.
1: like, What you've gone too far. Yeah. Uh but like it, I had to to I had to learn to go to people <laughs> uh mm-hmm. in in the like the professor i had to learn that he's a resource i can use um, because i was so self-sufficient i was like well the list of everything i need to do is right here yeah. why would i need to go talk to you uh th- that's off track a little bit but no it's, uh, it's just
0: but i think the point here is that you're trying to say like if if your parents would have been forcing to do these things like but mm-hmm. you need to learn to go speak up uh, and we're going to be having a, a podcast about that next week, you know, excited about that, like how to have hard conversations.
1: Yeah. Uh, for for me, like thinking of doing hard things, I knew I was a hundred percent responsible for my education. Mm-hmm. I knew I was paying for it. I knew I was accountable for it. I knew what grades I got. My, my Not that my parents didn't care, but it was on me. Like if I failed out, that's on me if i lost scholarship but you weren't
0: losing dessert anymore because you didn't do your homework (laughs) yeah (laughs) but my
1: parents had slowly weaved that away and honestly my parents did a great job of letting me do dangerous things safely uh i remember climbing in colorado and stuff when i was a kid and uh and doing a ton of dangerous things safely as a kid and so for me education was not a big deal Uh, i remember going to a professor uh and being like hey i need some help with with my grade, I'm not satisfied with the grade I'm getting in this class. It would have shocked me and blown my mind to call my parents to ask them to intercede. Yeah, Like they didn't even know, they didn't care and they wouldn't have, they would have laughed at me. Uh, So
0: this this, this is, I think we could sit here and tell stories about the things that we've done with our kids and Pump our tire, whatever, whatever it is. But uh, I actually there's a list here we have of things. I want to encourage parents to be practicing this because I think in the same way your kids need to practice doing the dangerous things, you need to practice allowing your kids to do the hard mm-hmm. and scary things. And there's different.
1: Th- this is all pretty specific for kids at our age, but this this can be modified and needs to be modified for every yeah. age. And day. I can
0: add some for teenagers just in watching what teenagers are doing. So yeah. like one of them for teenagers, parents let your teenagers go get a job that's not you're not the boss. Let mm. them go outside the house for a job. It's they're going to be huge. responsible and accountable huge. to another adult. Even if you know that adults maybe going to be a little harsh or... Absolutely. Maybe uh, even, maybe specifically if you know that adults going to be harsher than you. You know what I mean? So, and that
1: needs to take place while they're still in a safe place. Meaning your home. Yes. Meaning when, if they lose that job, they're not like...
0: They have the safety net of... They have the safety net at of, home. I didn't need, <laughs> yeah.
1: I didn't need this job. That's a huge one. Uh, parallel to that is... They need to be managing their own money.
0: Yeah, that's something my parents didn't do for me, and it it I think it has consequences that are hurting me today. Mm. Still, well, yeah, because my student loan, the, just that uh, those mm. are they have consequences today. Yeah, so
1: it's uh you and and that is one start earlier. Uh, quick funny story.
0: Oh, this is a good one. Yeah,
1: uh, uh, we're on vacation in Colorado in Manitou Springs. There's this thing called the Penny Arcade.
0: Is it a penny? It is not, it's quarters. (laughs) So
1: my wife, uh, we we brought our kids there and they've got a bunch of money uh, in bags uh, with a bunch of quarters in it. And my youngest is four, uh, about five years old. And uh, so he had tons of fun playing a bunch of these arcade games, old school arcade games. And we go and we leave. And uh, he says to me, he's like, "Well, well, when do I get my money back? Why'd they keep my money? And, awesome. he, and he he kept bringing it up every day he's like why did they keep my money and so last night i told you this last night the boys are together trying to find things around the house they could sell because they're mad that they both lost all their money <laughs> you're going to be times.
0: missing a pair of t- uh, pliers or something <laughs> yeah, a hammer they're, they're going to they're, sell you a hammer.
1: They're, they're finding all their treasures be like dad we want to sell this uh this morning my my seven-year-old was trying to negotiate uh I was like, "Well, I'll hire you to do some work around here, and uh, pick up stakes. I need the yard picked up." And he was like, "Okay." Uh, I was like, "How much do you think you should get paid?" He's like, "He thought for a minute. He's like, a hundred dollars." I said, "Negotiation." Closed. I'll do it for seventy-five, That's Taylor. <laughs> <not happening. laughs> yeah,
0: yeah I'll, I'll do it for seventy-five.
1: But the, so right now, right, they're still young. But teaching them the value—they had their own bag of money. Uh, it, it, our, our, we're, we've got a long way to go right yeah. <laughs> Learn, yeah training them but starting early there's not a too early of an age when zeke
0: buys his first car and he asked if he asked that same question why didn't he give me my money back you know you failed <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So <laughs> so so here, here's some examples maybe parents if you're great. wondering what mm-hmm. can we be doing now uh I, I i got these and from the place that that you know i I use a lot of these too. The, Called the art of Art of manliness. He has a podcast. This guy's podcast okay. and a blog. It's great. The internet, sure. So the first one is, this is one we did all the time as a kid and then my kids do. Ramp yeah. their bikes. Just oh, in general. Yeah. Buy them a bike. Teach them how to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. give them. Fr- it's the first freedom that a kid really gets is the bike that he gets to ride. He or she gets to ride around. Build them a ramp, dad. Yeah. Mom, build them a ramp and let them go nuts.
1: I love uh, one of our friends. They have a pretty cool bike obstacle course in their backyard the kids are building and they've let them do it and one day one of the kids had a pretty bad serious
0: serious injury yeah
1: but he learned a lot to wear helmet a face shield wear (laughs) something over his uh, mom you can only yell at your kids so many times to wear a helmet like if they're riding on the highway where there's cars going 60 miles an hour no that's not something you'll negotiate with them uh but the um okay uh parallel with this uh over the winter uh i was working out by the lake and uh the i the lake was frozen over as in i knew it was like half inch thick
0: yeah this isn't like you know up in minnesota no no fishing.
1: it's not fee thick i'm i know it's super thick the kids say hey can i get out on the ice i say no it's not solid enough well a minute, five minutes later, whenever I look out and my son is walking on the ice, my, my at the time six-year-old son, I know the water there is only two or three feet deep. It's not deep enough that it's going to kill him. He, he's not going to die. So I said, you know what? This is going to be funny. So I go back to doing what I was doing and not four minutes later, not three minutes later, I hear a crash and I hear him screaming and I look over there and he's standing in his waist up to ice cold water. And I'm like, mm.
0: Don't ask him. No, I'm, yeah.
1: Absolutely not. Like, hey.
0: I mean, go go get I, him out of I, the water. Seven yeah, 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 I got him out
1: of the water. Yeah. Uh, we eventually, uh, I, w- I went home. We wrapped up what we were doing, it, and I went home to, to get him warm and and, and <laughs> not make him sit in cold clothes. But uh, I, I said, I don't need to intervene here. I gave him wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> he If he chooses to ignore this, the consequences are not. This is a dangerous thing that he's not doing safely. But it's not a. He, I'm hoping he will learn to heed my wisdom. Uh, parent, moms, telling your kid to put on their bike helmet. Yeah. At, at some point,
0: they're going to need to bust their head. Yeah, yeah.
1: It. You know.
0: We have on here climb trees. You just heard that it's going to build them. They're mentally strong, physically strong. Uh, it's going to give them. The risk and the desire to go do things that are hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I just bought Asher a pocket knife. Oh, yeah. Uh, day one. one. Day one. Guess what he did? Stabbed himself. He cut himself. Of course. Of course.
1: Uh, after you, after you trained him. Yep. Uh, you, you gave him the rules. You said this is how you effectively use a pocket knife. Yeah, we're not. None of these are things that we can be passive as parents on. Like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's in, it's intentional. You would be
0: an idiot to buy your kid <laughs> a knife or a gun or something. And be like, okay, here you go, kid. Figure uh, it out. Remember, don't be an idiot.
1: No, that, that's on you then if they cut themselves. Yeah. But if you've given them instruction.
0: We have here stand on the roof. This was pretty specific <laughs> for me because this okay. year was big when we put Christmas lights on our house. Okay. Uh, he has Asher hasn't been allowed on the roof and he begs me to be on the roof. Okay. I let him stand on the roof this year. Yeah. Both of them get on the roof with me here. Stay away from the edge. You know, scoot on right. your butt if you're close. Come help me do this. Mm. It, it was a risk. Uh, cook. Mm. You know, uh, you need to be teaching one life skill. They need mm. to know how to, you know. Cook. Yeah, what's your favorite phrase? Yes, uh... I tell my team guys, uh, cooking is a life skill, not a wife skill. <laughs> you need to know how to feed yourself. Um, Emma, we were in the city, and uh, Emma and Ash were home, and Emma called us, can I make some macaroni and cheese? I've seen her make macaroni and cheese okay. dozens of times. That's home. awesome.
1: You, you've witnessed it? You've, you've I've helped her. her. Yep.
0: She didn't burn the house down. It was great.
1: So it was a successful. It was, one. it
0: was, it was. She said she burned it a little bit because she got distracted watching TV. But all things. It's a- all kids doing that happened to me learned. last week. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, playing with fireworks. We just went on that.
1: I would just say playing with fire in general. Like mm-hmm. that. That's one. Rarely are they going to get hurt to the level that is an emergency room visit yeah. or whatever. Like they're going to burn themselves. Steven
0: it, has a great rule with fire. Do you remember it? No. Uh, fire stays in the fire. Mm. So if there's ever a point where your kid puts a fire in a stick and then running around the campfire campground with, that's probably, okay, we're being an idiot. Mm-hmm. But playing with the fire at the fire is great. Mm. So, uh, and the last one, we have walk to school. You know, just give them the freedom to, like my kids, like now, like if they are going to be late to school, it's on them. It's on yeah. them. And they walk home too. And they call me when they get home.
1: This is one, um, I'm not sure how to, phrase it but as your kids get into middle and high school years you will necessarily have less and less influence over them Mm -hmm. so figuring out how to help them pick their friends and so giving them the freedom to choose bad friends while you still guide them and direct them but allowing them to experience some of the consequences from picking bad friends. Yeah. Uh, just My parents did that really well. And uh, I remember my dad saying to me uh, in high school, I got invited to this party. He's like, Hey, I'm not going to decide this for you. You have to decide this, but do you think this is a good environment for you to be in? Oh, it was the worst question ever. Cause he put it all on me. Yeah. Uh, am I going to do this dangerous thing? And there's safety. There's, you know, yeah. But so, again, keeping the end goal in mind of wanting yeah. to create healthy, whole.
0: I, I think you said it, Caleb. Like we're not here telling you how to raise perfect kids. Mm-hmm. Like we're just here trying to talk about the things that we're trying to do mm-hmm. and hoping that it comes out good. On the other hand, <laughs> yeah, and this is from like we're reading and we yeah, have people yeah. in front of us. <laughs> we're,
1: we're trusting smarter people than yeah, us, but yeah. trying to implement it and. Honestly, for the level they're at, seeing some success with this. Yeah.
0: Um, some books I would recommend: Free Range Parenting on this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Raising a Modern Day Knight would be mm-hmm. good for this. Raising a Lions. Uh, growth Mindset. We're going to have a whole podcast about what growth mindset is, but it's great yeah. by Angela Dweck. Um, yeah, there, mm-hmm. there's tons of resources. To yeah, be a consumer okay. there. so.
1: Yeah. Uh, we, uh, yeah. That's all I got.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Don't Be an Idiot. Uh, man. Let us know if you are practicing something like this with your kids, if you've got a good idea, or if you try one of the ones that we talked about. Uh, It has been awesome. Until next time, go out there and do better. My life. Expecting the minimum, the minimum, the minimum. That's a formula I can live by.
1: Don't be an idiot. Get up and
0: do better two imperfect pastors trying to figure (laughs) it out.